0: We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for...
1: Danger! And, uh, dodge. With... Monster. Help love me and be... B- 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 please help. Yeah. Welcome to the, I guess this would be the season two finale
0: It is. It is. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Thank you for making it through another round with us.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And tonight we will be celebrating with the letter Z is for zombies. And no, this is not a part two. This is not a sequel to the finale of last season.
0: Season one finale was Rob Zombie, Mm -hmm. which is a single zombie. This is zombies. (laughs) Yes. Plural. This is Z is for zombies.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. You've got it. We, we've talked about a lot of different horror movies and we've talked about some zombie films in the past. Hold on, wait,
0: wait. Let's back up. I am Danger and that is Monster.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry.
0: <laughs> we got um, to say who we are so the people out there in podcast land know who's talking.
1: Look, if you've made it this far, through two whole rounds of the alphabet, you should know who we are by now.
0: You should know who we are, and you should know that this episode is going to be filled with bad jokes. <laughs> uh,
1: what I was trying to say before you so appropriately interrupted to introduce us, <laughs> we've discussed a few horror movies over the years, and we've discussed uh, a couple zombie movies in particular. Check out "In" for Night of the Living Dead. Great episode. It was. It was. A little impromptu, and I think we pulled it together nicely. Yes. So with this episode, we will talk about zombie films and horror movies, but I want to get into kind of the history of the zombie in addition to all of that. All right. Let's go. All right. So by definition, a zombie is basically an undead corporal being that's basically created through the reanimation of a corpse. The term mostly comes from Haitian folklore in which a zombie is a dead body that is reanimated through various methods, usually uh, in conjunction with voodoo or voodoo. Um, Excuse me. What's the difference between voodoo and voodoo? That is an excellent question. Except
0: one is an app for my
1: Roku. (laughs) (laughs) It is an excellent question and one that I am not nearly smart enough to really give a good answer on. All right. Basically, what I can understand is that they are very similar Haitian island um, religions, but they do differ in certain ways. There's, they're not exactly sure which belief system the zombie came from necessarily, but it's somewhere in that mythos of those two religions. So the first time the word zombie was actually recorded was in 1819, uh, in a history of Brazil by poet Robert Southey. Uh, but this was in the form of Zom, I-, I think you still pronounce it zombie, but it's just spelled Z-O-M-B-I.
0: Okay. Like the Italian film.
1: Yes. Which, uh, what a good movie. Yeah. Just, just love it. Okay. Um. Now, the whole zombie phenomenon, I guess, was largely unknown to Western civilization um, until about 1915, uh, when the United States actually occupied Haiti. They occupied Haiti between 1915 and 1934.
0: It's it, There's an interesting thing within that that I've never really put together until just now. Now, you say it wasn't known to Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Which implies the, or infers the Western Hemisphere, but Haiti is in the Western Hemisphere. Fair enough, fair enough. No, it's Um, it's just a strange geographical, you know, thing that I've never really put together before.
1: Right, because when I said Western Civilization, I'm sure the first thing you thought was North America. Right. But you're absolutely right when you think of it as far as the hemispheres go.
0: Which I Um, guess is just the um, selfish way of thinking that we have been raised with as
1: Americans. Right, right. So the the occupation was between 1915 and 1934, but the stories of the zombies, quote unquote, first made its appearance here in a book known as The Magic Island. This was written by William Seabrook, and it was published in 1929. He basically said that he had seen these things. Uh, let me see. I have a quote here from the book. It says, um, Also shall be qualified as attempted murder, the employment which may be made by any person of substances which, without causing actual death, produce a lethargic coma more or less prolonged. If after the administering of such such substances, the person has been buried, the act shall be considered murder no matter what result follows. So right there, he's basically saying that He is, you know, there is at times these people that seem to be like in a coma state being buried and then coming back, I guess,
0: is where that's where the imagery of the hand coming out of the grave comes from.
1: Right. So like in in Haitian folklore, the zombie is considered um, a dead person who is physically revived by the act of necromancy. And it remains under the control of like a the, the witch doctor or the sorcerer um as basically like a personal slate. They have control over the 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 quote unquote zombie.
0: Okay. That's something that's been left out of most or all zombie media as far as I can tell is control mm-hmm.
1: of. So we'll get to that in a minute, because actually there is a there is a very distinct shift in the zombie narrative. And We'll we'll get to that soon. All right. Soon. All right. So in, in the 80s, there was a um, – I'm not going to say this right. A Harvard ethnobotanist. Okay. I'll, I'll, um, let's go with it. His name was Wade Davis, and he made a pharmacological case for zombies. Okay. Basically, what that translates to in dumb people English is that he created a hypothesis that basically said that Zombies weren't created through uh, voodoo or Haitian magic. They were created through a combination of substances that would basically leave a human in a shambling, brain-dead state.
0: So a human who's still alive and has not died yet, not a reanimated
1: corpse. Exactly, yes. And he actually wrote two books that um, we're talking about these things. And the name of one of these might sound pretty familiar. Um, The first book was published in 1985 by the title The Serpent and the Rainbow. Okay. And then a second one called Passage of Darkness, which was published in 1988. Um, Wes Craven actually produced and directed a film, The Serpent and the Rainbow. It came out in 1988. I thought I recognized the name. And that's a really interesting movie. Um It's, Never it's seen it. yeah, it's one of Wes Craven's. I don't want to say it flies under the radar, but you know, the, you always hear about Nightmare on Elm Street. You always hear about Scream, mm-hmm. but Serpent in the Rainbow is a pretty cool film. It's a very interesting take on the zombie film. Um I, I would highly recommend that one. That one's kind of a lost gem, I would say. Okay, but as years have progressed, it, it's his his theory has kind of been debunked a lot of like the chemicals he said they used wouldn't really create a, a catatonic zombie like state. Like he had, he had suggested
0: in your research. Did you happen to come across what the chemicals were that he had talked about?
1: Yeah. So basically what he said was uh, a living person can be turned into a zombie by two special powders being introduced into the bloodstream. Um, the first is uh, tetrodoxin. Okay, I don't know what tetrodoxin is. Oh, okay, you reacted like you were familiar. Perhaps you'd use this product at some point in your life?
0: No, no, I have no idea what <laughs> tetrodoxin is. Um, just the entire time you're talking about this, I'm thinking, are we going to hear that one of them is heroin? Uh,
1: no, no. Okay. Um, But... The, 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 actually you probably have heard of tetradoxin. You just didn't know that's what it was called. It's the neurotoxin found in the flesh of a pufferfish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I've always heard that puffer fish is like absolutely delicious and they but leave it has a, to be prepared the right way. Right. Okay.
0: And, and some chefs will leave just a tiny bit of that in there to make your tongue go a little numb or something like that. So Ugh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would try it. I would absolutely try it. I would too.
0: Okay. good. You know what, um, let's go find some puffer fish If anybody um, listening out there Knows how we can get our hands On some puffer fish Then please, let us know I'm
1: sure there's a real legitimate Asian restaurant here In Greensboro or Danville, Virginia That serves perfectly prepared puffer fish I don't think there is in Danville No? Okay I know, You, you I, might be right
0: I know the town, I know the type of people you
1: know. <laughs> There um, might
0: be a guy named puffer fish
1: I know that that I thoroughly believe. Ah. So in addition to the tetrodoxin um, and I'm promise I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. So I do apologize. I feel um, like you are.
0: I feel like you're pronouncing it right. So.
1: Uh, yeah. There's, there's like six more syllables and I'm not even getting out. Um, oh, okay. but then the second one is kind of a mix of drugs, but something in the name um, realm of Datura. um, I'm not really sure exactly what that drug is either but it, the the idea was that it would create this death like state in which the will of the victim would be entirely subjected to the to the witch doctor or the the person that was trying to control them again kind of debunked wasn't really you know it, it was kind of decided that this this these toxins would not actually create that kind of response.
0: Okay.
1: So again, it it, it falls back into that whole thing about real, is it folklore, is it what? This was something I found really interesting. I had, being a zombie film fan, I knew a lot of some of this. This is something I didn't know. Um, Scottish psychiatrist uh, R.D. Lange highlighted the link between social and cultural expectations In the context of schizophrenia and other mental illnesses, he was suggesting that there could be a psychological aspect to the idea of zombification. He was saying that there's certain forms of schizophrenia that can actually manifest as like a state of catatonia, which would play into the zombie aspect. I believe that. I don't know,
0: you know, what exactly is involved in that type of schizophrenia and what Mm -hmm. it takes to get there but i believe that that is a thing because i mean you know really that whole uh catatonic deal is an altered personality in a way and schizophrenia is altered personality in a way simplification of the term
1: yes yes and in a country that may not necessarily understand mental illness as well right it's Two o'clock in the morning, it's really dark, you're out in the uh, wheat fields and stuff, and all of a sudden you see this shambling, what appears to be brain-dead figure walking through the, the, the fields. It's like, it's a zombie, you know? Right. It's, it's just another example of using terminology and stuff to explain the unexplainable. You I know, really I mean,
0: wish you were good at doing a Christopher Walken impression for that. Like, <laughs> it's a zombie.
1: It's a zombie. No, do uh, It's <laughs> a zombie. <laughs> okay, okay. I see what you did there. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. Okay. No, so you mentioned. So this is this is um. But you know, now I'm ready to kick it into gear. I'm excited. All right. So um, let's do it. You had mentioned earlier that the idea of mind control and like voodoo and stuff is lost in the modern zombie-like media.
0: Yes, and in modern, I don't know if it has ever been in it or not.
1: Yes, and it's very interesting because the zombie media um, presence has, has shifted like over different decades. And so in the 1930s, the very first considered quote unquote zombie film was white zombie It okay. came out in 1932 and it starred bella lugosi
0: yes i remember you talked about that before and i knew of it before yes. isn't that where white zombie got the name you know
1: exactly yeah exactly
0: um it's that's a reasonable assumption
1: but yeah i've mm-hmm. never seen it so. so the whole movie is basically centered around bella lugosi basically captures the power of voodoo And can control. He basically turns like his love interest into his slave. Um, Don't get too excited. This is nineteen (laughs) thirty-two. Every teenage boy's dream, (laughs) basically. But obviously, it's just like a lot of movies in the thirties and forties. Very lurid subject matter. Very tame visual representation. (laughs) Yeah. But it was cool. It was It's a neat film, and, and Bella Lugosi is a, a national treasure, and I'm so thankful he did so many movies and to watch him do his like little hands and mind control stuff is fun. But I don't know if you can just take a guess what the problem is here. Um, the first film about zombies involving voodoo is called "White Zombie." <laughs>
0: feel like it may have something to do with
1: race racism oh Um, most of the films in the 40s 30s and 40s and in a little bit in the 50s that deal with zombies there's one and I, i i can't tell you i recommend it but it's called king of the zombies and it came out in the 50s it is by today's standards not politically correct, and uh, uh, to anybody that's familiar with film from this era, you there's often the um the comedic African American relief character yeah. that is extremely exaggerated and extremely stereotypical. And um, King of the Zombies has one of those characters and incredible performance. I can't remember the actor's name, but he, he is hilarious and he's a lot of fun. But, you know, just that's not how people act, you know. So uh, during this time, the 30s and 40s and 50s, the zombie film was relegated to voodoo and mind control. And they were not all the time, but oftentimes seen as somewhat racist because they were kind of like in our W for werewolves, you know they would use the werewolf analogy for native americans you know haitian voodoo white man making a film about it they weren't always very respectful about it
0: yeah that's knowing the evolution of it i can't imagine that um there's not at least one plantation slave driver somewhere
1: yes and and again so like back in in I would say White Zombie is is a classic. It, it really is. Um, if you're if you like 30s and 40s horror movies, which is kind of my jam over the past few years, it's a very
0: niche uh, jam.
1: It is. I understand that, um, and I definitely know I am the youngest person on the planet who that is his jam. Uh, but it's White Zombie is a really good one. Um, just, just simply for Bella Lugosi's performance. But if you ignore the racist overtones. White zombie's not as bad, right. uh, even with the name. It 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 almost it's almost named White Zombie. I, I can't really explain it. It doesn't get into the voodoo aspect of it as much as some of the films. A little bit later, All right. um, it's almost like trying to say like White Zombie, basically saying like this is a a white man controlling people. It, it's okay. I don't know. It's not as racist as some of the other ones. I got you. Got you. But, so, and and to your point about this not really being a part of, like, the zombie media today, all of the voodoo stuff changed in 1968 when a little film by the name of Night of the Living Dead showed up. Okay. And if you want to know more about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to N in season one, because N was for Night of the Living Dead. It absolutely was. And it still is because fantastic film. And that movie pretty much alone changed the entire course of zombie films from then on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the real heyday of the zombie film was during, you know, that came out in 68. So right there at the very tail end of the 60s. So the seventies and eighties is when you saw honestly the like zombie boom in, in film.
0: Okay. So I do want to ask, so the original zombie movies were the shambling brainless person Mm -hmm. at that time. Did they attack and eat people?
1: So in, in night in white zombie and those movies that focus more on the, uh, the Haitian voodoo aspect of it, not really. They were more just mindless um, tools that the person controlling them could make them do their bidding, whether it was kidnapping somebody or stealing something or something like that. Again, it really all started with Ramiro's Night of the Living Dead, where the idea of the dead coming back to life to feast on the flesh of the living. That was sort of the first time that happened. And then subsequently after that in the seventies and eighties, you saw that all the time. Yeah. During these decades, uh, Ramiro was obviously the, uh, kind of the godfather of the zombies. Uh, and of course we talk all about that and let her in. So I don't want to beat that over the head. Um, but there were tons and tons and tons of other movies that came out around this time from all different parts of the world uh, Mm -hmm. that were trying to capitalize on the, on the zombie thing. Um, You had mentioned earlier, the uh, Italian film zombie. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Great movie. Lucio saw it at a midnight um, film thing. (laughs) Everybody was yelling stuff and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was just, everybody was just commenting on it the whole time. And it was great. So if
1: you, if you want to go down a crazy rabbit hole, uh, there's a whole thing about Lucio Fulci trying to capitalize on the success of Dawn of the Dead and like, so Dawn of the Dead came out in America, but in Italy, it was just called zombie. So when Fulci made zombie, it was released as zombie here in America, yeah. but it was released as zombie two in Italy yeah. to look like the sequel to, and it just gets worse and worse from there. Oh, yeah. It just, gets, it spirals out of control. Um But Polchi, not only with zombie, but he also did his Gates of Hell trilogy with the Beyond, City of the Living Dead, and uh, House by the Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And those three are really cool Italian zombie films. Um, Now, also during this, you had some American ones that were a lot of fun, too, like Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Which, again, trying to capitalize on people that aren't paying attention, you know the living dead, right. And, you know, um, has nothing to do with Ramiro's. Uh, it's a little bit more tongue in cheek. It's a little sillier. Um, but this is where you start seeing the different origin stories of the zombie. Cause *The living dead, there's some speculation about it could be, uh, from a meteor. Um, uh, but it never really spec like specifically says, um, whereas in return of the living dead, it's like a toxin that they come across. Um, and then in some of the other ones, it's, it's like a chemical gas, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's never really been like one origin of the, of the zombie in, yeah. in modern zombie films.
0: Well, I do know that in, Oh, what was it in the, and if I'm jumping ahead in your, your history of hmm. things, you know, the, um, uh, dawn of the dead remake the whole thing mm-hmm. was when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth and then
1: well that was that was a line in the original
0: okay it's been forever yeah. since i've seen the original yeah um and uh in i believe the walking dead tv show it's a sickness like an airborne sickness and some people are just immune to it and that's why you have mm-hmm. some survivors mm-hmm. and you know so i i think it's interesting to see some of the different you know origins of the virus and origins of what's caused the whole thing some of them are dumb. Some of them work. You know, it's, it, then sometimes it's just, okay, well, this is just something to explain what's happening. And it's a two line write off and then we move past it. And it doesn't it, really matter to the whole
1: story. Right. And, and, and not, and George Romero is a great example of using the zombie as basically just a placeholder to whatever analogy that he's trying to get across. Um, you know the original dawn of the dead is a great 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 example of this because it is a film about consumerism it is a film about capitalism it is a film about greed it is way on down the line as it a zombie film the yeah. zombies are basically just there to be used as allegory yeah
0: now what was the army of the dead where it just beats you over the head with the analogy <laughs>
1: Land of the Dead. Land, Land of, of the, the dead. dead.
0: Yeah, the one with yeah. John Logazamo where they learned to use yeah. weapons? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. That one is I mean, it is Bush 911. Uh, okay, we get it. You yeah. get it? We get it. You you'll see this in Ramiro's back half of his catalog. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead came out in 85. Dawn of the Dead was 78 or 79. Those three that's like, I mean, that's like the original Star Wars trilogy. Those three films are all masterpieces of zombie cinema.
0: It's interesting they, that you compare it to that because those are some of the best three, in my opinion, the best three zombie movies. And as you said, yes, Master Cinema. Yes. And a lot of people and I agree that the original, you know, four, five, and six, the best of the Star Wars movies. And then they made these other ones and they returned just like Ramiro went on and made these other ones
1: and they stunk too. And, and here's what I was going to say. I think that an argument can be made for there being interesting things and valuable things to take away from the prequel trilogy and the Skywalker trilogy of the star Wars universe.
0: Yes. Just the like best, I- the, the interesting thing to take away from the prequels was all the intergalactic trade war and
1: trouble. I was on the edge of my seat the yeah. whole
0: time. I mean, there's Tariffs, nothing more riveting. Films. Yeah, nothing more riveting than Senate meetings.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And and uh I think that um the the later Ramiro films same kind of thing. Yeah. There's there's a lot Man. of like for example, out of all the Ramiro films, I think I have revisited Diary of the Dead the most because I can't understand what the hell he was thinking because it, it is, it was ahead of its time. It was before TikTok and Snapchat and all these things. And it was, it was talking about how you wanted to be the first one to, to vlog and to upload the, whatever was going on. And I feel like it's so timely and it's just executed so bad. It is, awfully made now it was was, supposed to be a it was supposed to be found footage but they added music and editing and all the things you can't do in a found footage film and it is just a hot pile of steaming garbage
0: now it's fascinating was that before the big found footage craze that happened, you
1: know, along with no, Blair Witch Project no, and whatnot. No, it was after that. It, okay. was, it was after the found footage thing has already started to almost get stale. Right. And so I think that's part of the reason they tried to do the editing with the music and stuff. But it just, it, a found footage zombie film 100% works. Uh, a great example of this is the film Wreck, which yes. can, uh america is known as quarantine which is also really good yeah. quarantine's really well made um but the uh i believe it's spanish original wreck mm-hmm. is a fantastic found footage zombie film
0: yes um i i did see that one once and i walked away from it going oh my god that was a very yeah. well put together movie the found footage thing should have been done but this was done right yeah. and i did find that that was a good one um I mean, I felt like the VHS movies were found footage oh, movies, yes. and um, I had a hard time sitting through those. I just, I had a hard time hanging with them. But you
1: know, you know I there, perhaps sneak peek into next season. Ooh. F for found footage might be a might be an interesting one because I have some I have some thoughts on found footage films in general for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so back to the zombie thing ahead. We jumped around a little bit there, but that's okay. So the 70s and 80s was kind of like the boom of the zombie film and then in the 90s it kind of disappeared. Yeah. They did make zombie films during the 90s, they did exist, but they weren't like as common as as they were in the 70s and 80s. That all changed as soon as we got to the the 2000s, specifically 2002 with the release of the first resident evil film Mm -hmm. and 28 days later. Yup.
0: And now 28, 28 days later was a great movie. I love that movie.
1: So I think what ended up happening was, so to, to, if you want to know more about this, listen to R is for resident evil, (laughs) but resident evil came out in the, in the mid nineties and you saw, like the beginning of the zombie being interesting again. Um And then in 2002, when the resident evil movie came out along with 28 days later, look, the CG does not hold up well in the resident evil film. Um It does not, but it is, but it's a pretty well-made movie. Like the zombie stuff is pretty well done. Um, It is campy. It is a little sci-fi channel original at moments. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. (laughs) But then 28 Days Later is almost like an art film. You know, it's directed by Danny Boyle. Mm -hmm. It has a totally different aesthetic. And it almost was like brought a little bit of respectability back to the genre.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was a great movie. And and I think part of it was because we hadn't seen anything like that ever before, you know, quite on that level. And, you know, the resident evil was very, you know, micro, it was very on a small scale. You're contained in this small area where this thing is happening. 28 Mm -hmm. days later was big. It was London. It was, you know, it was everywhere. And so that was the first time since the movies of the seventies that we all of a sudden got this idea that the zombies were more than just right here in front of us, you know? Right. And, and that to me was what really made the movie cool was it gave this enormous sense of fear. It gave this yes. big feeling of this thing. And it wasn't just this thing in front of me. It was this thing all around me.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that was when the zombie film zombies in popular media became kind of rejuvenated because after 2002 with the Resident Evil film and 28 days later, do you remember what happened in 2003?
0: Not particularly, or was that, uh, no, that wasn't Dawn of the Dead remake yet.
1: No, this was when. The Walking Dead was first published.
0: Okay, yes. I And I got into The Walking Dead later, shortly be- yeah. shortly before the show was even announced. <laughs> but when I found it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it was a wonderful... Yeah. I thought, hell, if this wasn't a comic book, if this was a novel, this would be fantastic. But the, the artwork and stuff just helped enhance it. But all right, go on.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting because um, for people who who may not know that The Walking Dead started off as a, you know, a, a graphic novel um, was it well, was also drawn in black and white.
0: Right. Which I'm going to, as a comic book person, I'm going to put the hammer down. Um, it was comic book. It was single issues.
1: And you then, are correct. Yeah. And then, you know, put in a trade and whatnot. So, yeah, go on. I had, I had the compendiums, which yep. basically put a whole bunch of issues in. The oh, and and yeah, so, um, but then, so 2002 starts to come back, 2003, it's getting more popular, 2004 is when the Dawn of the Dead remake hit, and that's also when Shaun of the Dead came out. Yes. And Shaun of the Dead was the first, I love this word, zomedy.
0: Yes, yes, I... <laughs> so I went and saw a of the dead in theaters. I hated Same. it. I hated it when I first saw it. Oh, what is upon that? upon rewatch, I was like, okay, this is great. And I think part of the reason why I hated it was because I went into it, not knowing who Simon Pegg, okay. Nick Frost. Yeah. I didn't know that I was going to watch a
1: comedy, you know, so me and my dad, when I was younger, would watch um, a handful of British uh, comedy shows. Um, Father Ted was was kind of our favorite. But then there was another one called My Hero. Yes. And a couple more. I know My and Hero. There was, okay. Uh, and there was one called Spaced. Yes. And Spaced yes. was Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And so I learned I about had, that
0: much later, but yeah.
1: Okay. So I had seen bits and pieces of some of this. And I, they did an episode. They basically had been playing Resident Evil for hours and hours, and they started having dreams that they were like in the game, and that was the inspiration for Shaun of the Dead. Oh. Um, I didn't see that episode until after yeah. uh, I had seen Shaun of the Dead, but I was familiar with those guys, and so and kind of familiar with that dry British humor, right? So. It worked for me. I could see it not working for everyone, you know, especially American audiences. And my um, my fondness
0: of British humor is very it's very hit or miss for me. Um, Sure, it's either it's amazing or I Mm -hmm. don't like it at all, you know. And there's no real rhyme or reason as to why one thing fits and one thing doesn't, you know. Not the biggest fan of British humor, but when it's good, it's so good.
1: I d- that's kind of how I am about comedy in general. Wow, like I enough. have a real hard time, you know, a lot of films that people say are just like, you know, absolutely hilarious. I just, I don't, I don't know. Like it has to just get me just the right way for like, me to actually really enjoy it. What
0: was one that everybody loved and you just didn't get?
1: Um, Most Will Ferrell movies. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. I, uh, I I, like some. I don't like all. I think at one point he became a character that was in every movie.
1: So what I found when it comes to Will Ferrell movies is if I like the subject matter that they are kind of playing with, I can kind of get into it a little bit more. Because like when people talk about funny Will Ferrell movies, they don't often talk about uh, semi-pro. But I actually kind of like that one. because i like basketball and i was like familiar with the aba and all that kind of stuff so it was like i get this a little bit more um but then like old school eh. old school was one that when i
0: saw it in theaters i saw it with people and i thought it was great i've watched it by myself since and One thing I figured out a long time ago is something is – you never really respond to something as much when you watch something by yourself when it's funny as you do when you're with other people. And when you're with people, you laugh because other people are laughing. And it's like your brain goes, this is something we could do. When you're by yourself and something funny happens, you just let a little more air out of your nose. You just – you know. Breathe a little bit heavier. You know, it's just you know a quick acknowledgement, basically. (laughs) You know, very rarely have I laughed out loud by myself. You know, watching something, but sure, sure. I actually think Will Ferrell's best movies are his serious roles. You know, everything Mm -hmm. must go. Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction. I I like those, but this isn't F or W is for Will Ferrell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But but so so you know around two thousand two the zombie. Starts getting back into the popular culture. Um, you got you got big blockbuster films going to theaters. The Dawn of the Dead remake in two thousand four was a huge success, which um,
0: I enjoyed. You know, it wasn't the slow, you know, moaning zombies. And I know George Romero said that his zombies would never run like Zack Snyder's did, but I thought it was a fun movie. I didn't think it was a great movie. That was just a fun movie.
1: I feel like 28 days later, a couple of years before that is when you really is real. they really started to introduce the fast moving zombie. Yeah. Um, because if you remember in 28 days later, and, and like in a lot of these highbrow zombie films, they don't want to use the word zombie or undead or living right. dead. Uh, they use words like infected and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And so in 28 days later, they were infected with the rage virus. Resident Evil was the T-virus. Um, you know, you had all these like synonyms because you didn't want to say the word zombie. Do you remember um, what it
0: was and uh, what was the Will, S- Will Smith movie?
1: Okay. You, let me stop you there. Uh, that is I Am Legend. Okay. Which is a Richard Matheson novel. Okay. And those are vampires. Okay. Those aren't zombies. Okay.
0: <laughs> I uh, didn't mean to weirdly offend.
1: <laughs> hey, hey! Do not mix up vampires and zombies. Okay,
0: I know the difference between the two. I just kind of took those as zombies because of the, I guess, mindless rage that goes along with them
1: in that movie. Really, if you if you if you like I Am Legend, you should really check out The Last Man on Earth. It came out in the. Uh, I want to say fifties or sixties. It actually predates night of the living dead. It stars Vincent price and it's basically night of the living dead before night of the living dead. Um, and that's actually based on Richard Matheson's I am legend.
0: Any idea if that's what the TV show, um, last man on earth was based on with Will Forte? Uh,
1: no. Okay. I just, that's something totally different.
0: I didn't know if maybe it was like a, um, uh, a shallow connection or something. I don't but know. no,
1: uh, yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, Last Man on Earth came out in 1964. Okay, um, and it stars Vincent Price. And if you watch that back to back with Night of the Living Dead, you see a whole lot of parallels. Yeah. But that that again was based on Richard Matheson's book. I am Legend. Uh, there's another movie called The Omega Man, starring yeah. Charlton Heston. Yeah. That's also I am Legend. They're all just different names, but yeah. So before you tried to derail this podcast with your <laughs> vampire nonsense, um, <laughs> but no. So then a couple of years later, almost it, it almost turned back around with 2009, Zombieland, mm-hmm. where they said we're not going to try to be like too smart about this. We're going to embrace the camp factor of zombies. And just run with it.
0: Which I loved Zombieland. I thought it was so, great.
1: So for a movie with the word zombie in the title, mm-hmm. there's really not a lot of zombies in it. <laughs> I, I you're right. There's a lot at the beginning and a lot at the end. Absolutely. Uh, and in the middle you got Bill Murray. Um yeah. <laughs> No, I just really good. I loved it
0: because it was exactly what it was supposed to be. It was not trying to be more, not trying to be anything, you know, with a deep message, anything clever. It was just trying to be a straightforward, silly movie. And I appreciate that.
1: And, and, and to, to piggyback off of that, I think what's really important is you're right. It was silly but it was not disrespectful to the concept of zombies. Like there were moments in that movie, and and I would say Shaun of the Dead as well, that are genuinely unsettling. I'm not going to call them like terrifying, but like, for example, there's a scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're in the pub and they've got all the doors locked and they think they're just going to sit back and have some beers and and wait for this whole thing to blow over, as he says. And he goes down in the basement, and he's trying to, like, I don't know, I guess, barricade the doors or whatever. And he flips on a light switch, and the light comes on outside, and you see, like, all these zombies just pressed up against the door, like they're going to bust through the glass any second. Right. And it's like, wow. Like, you know, it kind of startles you when you're not expecting it. Zombieland had a few of those moments, too. I am not as familiar with it. Like I've seen it a few times, but I've seen Shaun of the Dead 15 mm-hmm. times. One um, of the
0: ones that I would put on that is actually, you know, they, they talk about how the character is scared of clowns. And then at the mm-hmm. end, there's a clown zombie and it's like, it it's getting closer and closer. I believe he's going down on a ride, you know, one of those drop ride things. Yeah. And it's like, I remember watching it and it was just this, I got this feeling of like, Oh, 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 you know, and, you know, you're right. It was not disrespectful at all. And I think that's maybe why I liked it because I watched the movie uh, Cooties because, yep, and I thought it just kind of took a dump on the genre, but, you know, that's just me. I actually didn't even finish it, but, you know, it was respectful to it. It had a light air about itself. It was great. Yeah, I remember the scene where um, Bill Murray was, you know, trying to play a zombie, you know, because he was going mm-hmm, out to the mm-hmm. golf course and playing golf, and then he comes into the little movie theater in his house and then gets shot, and then like they touch it, and he's like, "Oh, that that's real. That hurts." And <laughs> it's like, you know, in this moment of you know this serious moment, you know, Bill Murray still comes through as Bill Murray.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would also highly recommend there's a film that came out in two thousand and four called "Dead and Breakfast," yeah, where it's basically kind of like a zombie thing that takes place at this little b and b and the main cast are like some younger people that you might recognize as like you know the second or third lead in some like w b drama or something like that, but it does have some fairly cool cameos. it's got uh Diedrich Bader. Okay. Uh, It's got David Carradine, and it even has Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's this one gag that goes through the whole movie that um, I'm going to say it, and you're going to cringe, but I'm telling you, it works. Throughout the film, the movie will stop and cut to a cowboy who sings a song about what is currently happening. <laughs> okay. I know, I know. But trust me, it works. It's very funny. It's a very sound, funny movie.
0: That sounds like a Cohen Brothers thing, like something they would do. I, yeah. In fact, actually, the uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I,
1: which, I never saw that, but I wanted to see it.
0: Yeah, um, there's a uh, very similar thing throughout the entire movie. So, so
1: you know, yeah, where it's
0: self-referencing and, and cowboy singing if, and whatnot.
1: So for our listeners, if you like zombie movies and you like comedy zombie movies and you're looking for one, check out Dead and Breakfast. It is better than it sounds, I promise. It is, I've watched it several times. It is a lot of fun. So basically, you know, moving forward, you know, now it's it's 2022, uh, the Walking Dead television series, which actually, I, I've looked this up, it debuted on Halloween 2002. Mm -hmm.
0: I believe the first three seasons came out on Halloween or right at that time. I know the first season did.
1: Yeah. I remember when that came out, that was, again, so, again, to kind of set the stage here, you know, we're talking about the dates for Zombieland and, and stuff. Around that 2008, 2009, there were a lot of zombie movies coming out, but a lot of them were more comedy based. When The Walking Dead first aired, to anybody that read the comics, they kind of knew what was happening. But to a lot of people that watched the show in its first couple seasons, may not have even known it was a comic series first. Um, It's slow. Mm -hmm. It's methodical. It's gritty. And it is downright terrifying. All right. And they treated the zombies with a lot of respect. It It was straight up, Horror. I mean, yeah, it was dramatic, and I you know, as the seasons progressed, you know, the storylines between the characters obviously were, you know, priority one. Mm-hmm. But the gore effects, you know, K and B studios, Greg Nicotero, unbelievable practical oh, yeah. effects. The, um, the,
0: and I think that's one of the reasons why yeah. I like the show was because of the practical effects. Now,
1: For I'm sure. going
0: to share my opinion on The Walking Dead. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and start off by saying it was really, really cool that we got a zombie show with decent to great actors. You know, I think Uh
1: Uh I think
0: Norman Reedus was largely underused for most of his career, you know, found his spot in Boondock Saints. But his his role as Daryl was perfect casting in my opinion. And I believe almost everybody in that show was perfectly cast up until I stopped watching it. You know, I have no idea what what's happened. Uh I I think, okay, hold on. Before I get to that part, I will. Okay. So I said that I started reading the comics slightly before the show was even announced. So I, you know, found the book and I was like, okay, this looks cool. Started reading. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so I actually stopped reading it because I actually found, the comic online and I was like, okay, this is actually something I want to hold in my hands because in the words of Stan Lee, yes, sure. Digital comics exist, but it's kind of like porn. Boobs are better in your hands than they are on a screen. And the same thing goes for comics. So thank, thank you
1: for that analogy.
0: I It was words of Stan Lee, the great Okay. So I stopped reading them online to buy the trades and that's how I was working through them. And Mm -hmm. so I'm reading the story along with the show playing and in the very beginning, it's, it's kind of in the same beats. And then there are certain things that start to veer away from each other very early on, but then there's still a main story that is, you know, concurrent with it. But then all of a sudden it's not like for instance, They spent in the book, I believe they spend like two days at the farm. They spend an entire uh-huh. season at the farm. You know, there's there's things like that, but there's certain beats I think. And the comic Shane dies in like the third issue. <laughs> and, yeah,
1: and to your point, Norman Reedus's character Garrow, doesn't exist he's not in, in the comic.
0: Yeah, he's, yeah, he's made up for the show. So. There were things like that that I had trouble with, but uh, Robert Kirkman, he's a, I believe he is the head writer on the show and he saw the show as a chance to rewrite and change a few things about the comic that he wished he had done differently. And introduction of Daryl was one of those things.
1: So, and I'm assuming they did this all through the run of the series to, to kind of give you a little bit of my backstory with it. Uh, Sarah and I watched the first, I don't know, maybe six or seven seasons I think I got I'm to I think I got to 7
0: and about yeah. halfway through 7 and I quit.
1: We watched it religiously. Like we watched every episode, we bought them all on DVD, we were totally into it. And after each episode after they aired, they would have the talking dead yep. hosted by Chris Hardwick yep. where they would have guests and they would analyze the episodes and stuff. Which those and, were always um, fun to watch. They were especially especially after like a really dramatic episode. Like, I remember... <laughs> it's it's funny talking about this now, like, getting so wrapped up in a TV show, but, like, when Glenn died, I remember that being, like, heartbreaking. Sorry, and,
0: folks. Spoilers.
1: <laughs> I think that happened in, like, season four. Like, that was, like... 8 uh, years ago? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean
0: it's it's been some years since uh since it happened, but I think it was like 4 or 5 something like that. Yeah. It's but, it's but I just remember it's when that, they introduced Negan.
1: Yes. And I just remember being like like, "Oh my god, what a like who." And then you stick around the Talking Dead comes on and there's the actor who plays yeah. Glenn, being Steven like, Yen. Yeah, that was a fun shot, that, you know, fun scene to shoot, you know, and it's like <laughs> you can kind of decompress a little bit
0: (laughs) which i mean you know i remember when that you know the cliffhanger of the season happened and it was you know you didn't know who was going to die because they left it on that where it showed his character's face and i had already read the comic at that point and i knew that Mm -hmm. glenn died in the comic and so i remember being at work and that being talked about and people were like who do you think it's gonna be i was like it's glenn it's glenn we know it's glenn Like anybody (laughs) who has read the comic knows it's Glenn. Of course, it was Glenn Glenn. and somebody else, I believe, but I don't fully remember if there was somebody else in the comic. But so they started getting away from the comic, and I was like, the comic Mm. is so good. Why are you getting away from it? The source material is so fantastic. Yeah. And then I feel like at a certain point, they should have renamed the show to The Walking Dead, colon, who runs away this week. Because every episode, every episode was somebody runs away, the next episode is we go find them. And the next episode was somebody runs away, and the next episode is we go find them. And then the show kind of got less and less about the zombies. And the zombies became... The zombies became more like wildlife. Agreed. It was basically if they were all kind of like bear cubs and they were all a danger, but they were just something that everybody learned to live with. And, okay fine after a while of surviving with zombies you kind of just i feel like you would get used to them and used to learning how to deal with them but at the same time it's a show called the walking dead you're no longer focusing on the walking dead and then the other thing that turned me off from it was i think jeffrey dean morgan was a great choice for casting but there were certain little things he would do like that little like uh and like dip backwards that he did it like drove me yeah. nuts. I hated it. <laughs> so I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a great actor. I loved him as the comedian and watchman. Um, he's, he's fantastic. I think some of his choices in that are, are wrong. Now, if he has, you know, changed that and become something great. Awesome. I, I have no idea. Maybe one day I'll go back and finally sit down and watch, watch them all.
1: So I am definitely out of the loop a lot, but I did hear that they are announcing. So the walking dead as of now is wrapped up. They've finished shooting it. I think they might have a few more episodes to air or something, but uh, it's is, over. The, is the show done? Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: I I didn't um, think the show was done. I know that they're working on like two, two or three spinoffs. I think they're actually yeah. working on a movie as well.
1: Yes. So that's what I was just getting ready to say. They oh, have. Sorry, a, steal your thunder on that. One. No, 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 no. Uh, they they're doing a spinoff, and oh, gosh, I can't remember the actress's name now. But the the character of Maggie, yeah, and and Negan are going a spinoff of with the two of them. Is it going to be called Best Friends? <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It's something like that, I guess. You know,
0: I. I feel like the show went on for way too long cuz it got something like what 42 seasons or something it was just it was a ridiculous amount of seasons for that uh,
1: t- 11 or 12 something. Okay,
0: I know it was one of those that every time I saw that it was still on it was like a is that really still running? So, anyway, we've we've gone down the path of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Maybe it'll be good. I think it just kind of became full of itself at a certain point.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can I can kind of concur with that so to to wrap up real quick, I think that the zombie has uh taken on a lot of different shapes and forms over the years and can be used as an analogy for a lot of different things and I think most people who have a passing knowledge of horror films um, specifically in the zombie genre have seen a lot of the big ones it, you know probably seen at least most of the Ramiro movies. Um, 28 Days Later, the Dawn of the Dead remake. More recently, World War Z, um, some of those. Uh God, so I, I just wanted, that movie. I did too. I, I really did. I, I wanted to like it. I liked Brad Pitt a lot. The swarm of CG zombies just didn't yeah. look real to me. I just couldn't get into it. Right. I I, but, I had a hard time with it too. But I was, I was going to mention a couple of um, maybe lesser known zombie films that I think people should check out. Um, And these are going to kind of bounce all over the place as far as like serious versus comedy and whatever. Uh, Just, just a couple real quick. I already mentioned a few of these, but dead in breakfast from 2004. It's gory. It's funny. It's, it's a good, it's a, Real fun take. If you like Shaun of the Dead, you like Zombieland, you're going to like that one. There's a film from 2006 called Fido, which if for anyone listening that's never seen it, imagine Leave it to Beaver mixed with what you said about The Walking Dead, where the zombies have almost just become like part of regular everyday life. And this family has a pet zombie, basically. Mm -hmm. It's same as a lot of these other ones. There's a lot of allegory there. There's a lot of deeper under the surface, but it's a lot of fun. That one's pretty cool. I mentioned this one earlier as well, 1941's King of the Zombies. I think 1932's uh, White Zombie with Bela Lugosi is, I mean, just historically is a real interesting film being the first zombie film. But I think King of the Zombies from 41 Will show you, um, kind of what they were trying to understand what was going on with voodoo and Haitian zombies and stuff like that. And then 2017's Cargo. Have you ever heard of this one? I have. I have not seen it. So Cargo has. Oh, let me get his name right. The guy from Martin Freeman is mm-hmm. is the main. Yes,
0: guy. yes. Uh, the wasn't that Netflix movie?
1: It was. Okay. It,
0: when you said it, I was like, I know the name, but I'm having trouble placing it. But yeah, okay.
1: Okay. Full disclosure. The first time I watched it, my daughter, Alex, had just recently been born. So and a little
0: bit more emotional ties to it.
1: Yes. And the film is basically about Martin Freeman trying to get his baby girl to safety in a land full of zombies. And the way it ends and I'm not going to spoil it because I think people should watch it. If you are in it and if you are just, you go along for the ride, I found the ending to be very powerful. And I was actually in tears when it finished. I was telling a friend of mine about it and he said, is that the one that ends with blah, 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 blah. And i was like, yeah. He was like, I was dying laughing. (laughs) So Do with that what you will. I thought it was great, but I was also a big softy at that moment. So, yeah, those are a few that, you know, like you mentioned before, I am legend. You know, it's not really a zombie film. My favorite movies of all time are the Evil Dead films. They're not really zombie films. uh, So I don't I'm not going to throw those out there. Um, But, yeah, these are just a handful that I think are kind of cool that kind of or a tier down from the, the big names that most people have already seen.
0: Okay. And my recommendations for zombie films is actually, I do not remember the year it came out, but it was a movie called the girl with all the gifts.
1: I didn't mention that one because I have not seen it yet, but I have heard nothing but good things.
0: I will highly recommend that. Another one is one that um, I know that we have mentioned briefly in the past on past episodes, but um, good old brain dead.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And brain dead, dead alive. That one's. I guess you would consider okay, that as. Sorry, a film.
0: It, it was brain dead. Was the title in uh, New Zealand? Dead alive here in America. Yeah, I would one hundred percent consider that a zombie film. One hundred percent, a silly ass, goofy, yeah, gory, over the top, gory. I mean, and especially the actually, end where he's got the lawnmower and yeah, yeah. I mean, oh it's, yeah, but oh, I mean, yeah.
1: fun. Just a fun movie. And if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the rare occurrences of a really good zombie movie coming out in the 90s. I yeah. think that was like 1992 or something like that.
0: I don't remember the exact year, but but then yeah. there's another one that I would actually consider a zombie movie, but argument for it not being one, and I understand both sides of the argument, but it's a movie called Mom and Dad with uh, Nicolas Cage. It's actually one of some of Blair's okay. last movies that she did before she was diagnosed. Really fun movie, not a whole lot of substance to it not a whole lot of underlying meaning, but just a fun movie. And I don't remember anybody eating anybody, but there is a, the zombie rage element within it. And it's a fun movie. I, I recommend it.
1: One more that, and, and I didn't really get into this because this could be a whole whole other episode, but a lot of Eastern countries have produced a lot of really cool zombie films as well. Japan, Korea, 2016's Train to Basan okay. is another one that is really, really good. Zombie films often take place in a building or a town or whatever. This one takes place almost entirely on a train. Okay. And it's another dad and daughter situation. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that is like gory and exciting. But it, it's, it's emotional. It has some heart to it. That one's, that one's a really good one, too. Um, okay. and like I said, that's a relatively new one. like 2016, I think. Yeah, 2016.
0: Okay. So All right. That's another good one. All right. So my final thoughts on zombies. Yes. While I think zombies are a great thing, a great concept, a great story tool. I think the zombie genre has been beaten to death and we need to give it a break for at least a good 10, 20 years. I I think the walking dead just
1: beat that horse into the ground. So what I will say is just like in the nineties, I think now that the walking dead is over, I think what you're going to see is a little bit of a lull while people start to try to come up with some new ideas. I would imagine that there will be a a big name like to come along in a couple years that's gonna kinda like revitalize it. I hope it's not a remake, but I could see them doing like a um a remake of Night of the Living Dead with some big names in it. They've done some remakes of Day of the Dead and they're like straight to VOD trash. But if they if if the right people were to come out with a really solid, seriously well done zombie film, I think it could kind of kickstart it into relevancy again. But I think you're right. I think it's been, they kind of beat it into the ground now. Me and a friend of mine were just talking about this. The horror zombie film is kind of a thing of the past. Most of the more recent zombie films are action and exciting. and Like the, the Resident Evil films and even Train to Busan that I just mentioned has a, they're fast zombies, you know, it's a more up paced film. I think it a slow, methodical zombie film is what it's gonna take, but I, I agree. I think it needs to be a couple years. I don't wanna wait ten or twenty because I love zombie yeah. movies, but I think that I think you're right. I think it needs to be laid to rest, to rise again another day.
0: Oh, that hurt! <laughs> that that hurt. Now oh, there seems to be a
1: zombie pod.
0: Uh, fair enough, fair enough. I think there needs to be a uh, a a reset, if you will, and a reset to return to original, at least idea and form of yeah zombie. I agree. So, I agree. Anyway, that's it for season two. Wow, that's a that's it. Well, I appreciate everybody who's hung in for the season two or if you have just found us i appreciate you joining us for at least the end of season two go back and check yeah. out some last episodes and uh some past ones are uh there's there's some good ones in there there's some ones that are not so good that i'm willing to admit are not the best but
1: i was gonna you know. say yeah um if you're just now discovering the podcast please go back to season one. Maybe start about halfway through the alphabet and uh, enjoy.
0: <laughs> I you know, I mean I feel like the first half of the alphabet was, you know, uh, us, you know, getting our, our legs back, hey, you know.
1: Yeah, you gotta, you know, it, it always takes a there's a learning curve when you start to do something new. You yeah.
0: never know. I have compared it to when Ariel first got her legs and was learning how to walk.
1: Yes. So. We we were we were little baby toddlers learning how to walk. Yeah while and talking about Back to the Future and Creepypoms.
0: I was going to say, let's not talk about Back <laughs> to the Future. That was uh, We're going to redo Back to the Future at some point, and it's going to be a lot less thesis. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We really appreciate
1: it. Um, Absolutely. I am Danger. I am Monster, and we will see you next season. All right. Bye, everybody. Later.